Hello, Martha. Hello. <laughs> so another astrologer on the podcast. Really excited. And we're here today to talk about remembering ourselves as Earth. And I want to get more of an idea of what this means to you. And you also mentioned that the astrology coming up supports this theme. So as a nature lover myself, I'm very excited to talk about this. And also, first off, I wanted to start with if you're comfortable sharing what your astrological sign is. My sun sign? Yeah. Pisces. Oh, okay. I have my moon is in Pisces. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So tell me a little more about what you mean when you say this, that we are part of the body of earth rather than on earth. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, for me, a big part of what feels really important as we're trying to heal our world, heal ourselves, um, <clears throat> is this remembering of the oneness that we are with the earth and with the cosmos and with all of existence, with the divine. And uh, I think a lot of the issues that we have on the planet would change pretty drastically if we let go of that sense of separation that we are separate somehow from the, that, you know, let, let's go out into nature as is one way to think of it. Mm-hmm. And another way to think of it is that we are nature. <laughs> so, so we, you know, um, I don't have a problem with going out into nature. I love yeah. being in nature, part, <laughs> yeah. right? but, but like, as though it's a, a thing that we could choose to interact with, as opposed to the reality that we are it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, there's a disconnect there, right. That's happened. And understandably so in the sense that it's hard to avoid because we live unattached from the earth you know just culturally we you know we live in buildings we live in cities where we the nature is as if it is separate from us because it is in that sense yeah we're standing in a city and it's you know it's you it's easy to forget that there are woods somewhere and there is a lake somewhere or there is an ocean somewhere and in that sense, there's almost uh, a forgetting. Yeah. A definite forgetting, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, and what do you think is the importance of remembering? I think there's so many layers to why it's so important. Number one, in my own body and i'm guessing you can relate to this person just from what i know of you i'm guessing this resonates uh, you tell me mm-hmm. in my own body i i feel like a wholeness come back into me i feel um even when i think about the reality that the earth is part of the cosmos there's a wholeness that comes back because it's really 
funny in a way that we think of, you know, earth and sky as separate. If you zoom out, (laughs) if you think about the reality of what existence is, like we're this teeny tiny dot, the earth is a teeny, 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 tiny dot. And we're even even tinier dot on the, you know, as part of the planet of earth. Yeah. Rounded by what? Like the cosmos. Like we're, what are we if we're not the cosmos? <laughs> and then, you know, we sit here in this funny perspective of, um, yeah, being in our houses and thinking that nature is out there and that, and that the stars are even, you know, like way, way out there. And we might occasionally remember to look at them or something. <laughs> uh, and I'm speaking for myself too. I'm not judging other, I'm, I'm like, I'm fully owning this, this way of being too. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's really human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In the modern world. Yes. In this moment. Yeah. yeah. And then when I switch that perspective, um, you know, suddenly I realized, whoa, <laughs> we are the cosmos. We, we, we are infinity and the planet earth happens to be one teeny tiny dot in the midst of all of that and then my experience of it is that our consciousness and our being is all of it actually also so that's like another layer but mm-hmm. um yeah I come back into this place of wholeness I, I also remember what it is to be in balance and harmony as existence as the earth and I feel like that's that's where we find the ultimate um, potential of healing. Like that state, mm-hmm. that state of balance and harmony, I think is, it is the healed state that's natural to life. And when we're looking for healing or we're looking for even answers like wisdom, I think that's ultimately where we find it is when we come back into the natural balance and harmony that is us as earth and is us as cosmos and existence and the divine i think that's really well said i completely agree and it also reminds me of you know spiritually the non-dual approach is that we are all oneness everything and everyone and there is no disconnect And it reminds me also, I believe it's the Zen saying of the 10,000 things, Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, the 10,000 things being everything Mm -hmm. that is a part of us and is around us. Mm -hmm. So we we know this, (laughs) like teachings that go back thousands of years, we know this. And then I think it's not you know, as we get further and further away from cultures that actually live amongst the earth, mm-hmm. it's so easy to, it takes effort, I would say now to really educate, like I don't have children, but you know, let's say you have children and we would at this point it's like we would need to be sharing with them here is the earth here is where we actually are completely 
naturally connected to. But if we're not taking children out to nature and letting them have their hands in the dirt and, you know, it's like, where does that, how does that teaching even evolve from? Right. Yes. And I have two kids and I was a child therapist for a really long time. So yes, (laughs) I think about those things a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I feel fortunate personally to have grown up before internet was Mm -hmm. at our immediate reach all of the time. And I grew up on a lot of land. Mm -hmm. Where? In Boring, Oregon, out in uh, where there's like a lot of nurseries and farming and stuff. And so I was outside all of the time. Mm. And of course, at the time that I just didn't know anything differently. And then as I got older, noticing like, oh, this isn't everyone's experience. (laughs) Like some people don't grow up as this just being their normal. So I feel really fortunate to have had that in the sense that it's always felt so foundational for me naturally. It's it's just, it's never not been there. But I didn't realize really what that was until a little bit, you know, more into adulthood when I was like, why, why is this so important to me? And, you know, what, what is here? So I just didn't really ever think anything differently about it. It just was what it was. So it's, you know, now into adulthood, I, I get to appreciate it even in a different way that feels really sacred. Mm. Beautiful. Do you, where do you live? Do you I get- live in Goleta, California, right on the coast, um, Santa Barbara. Okay. California. So the ocean is your playground. And then, yeah. And then where, what, what else is around you that is accessible for playing? Where I live is incredibly beautiful. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I live right across the street from a, uh, monarch butterfly preserve oh wow yeah which is on the ocean <laughs> so wow. so the I walk from my my daily walk is you know to the ocean wow. um, it's 15 minute walk from my house and it's stunningly gorgeous I'm so lucky and <laughs> 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 yeah it's um like I I always I imagine where I live right now is, is very, very expensive. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to be near my kid's dad who's disabled. And anyway, long story, but, <laughs> and partly because this town has amazing schools and my kids are thriving and super happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always imagine when my kids grow up moving to Western Oregon, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I always think, I want my land. I want, you know, I want, I want to be like in relationship to land. Like I want to just be on this land and have this, you know, ongoing relationship with it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it just clicked for me. um, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, I went, wait a minute. 
I already do that. I already have that. Like I don't own, own it, but it's yeah. right there. I don't need to own, you know, it's like, of course that seems so obvious to me now all of a sudden, but I've been so frustrated for years that it's too expensive here to own, own land. Mm-hmm. And now I realized, wait a minute, that's not the point. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So where I live is just, yeah, off the chart, beautiful. And there's mountains and river and ocean and mm. really magical, very, very magical place. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Do you have a, like, do you notice a stronger connection to ocean or mountain or what's your landscape that you're most drawn to if you have one? Yeah, it. Um, I think, well, I, I grew up all around the world and so I've traveled a lot and I, I think for me, it's actually not so much like ocean versus mountains. I would say here, I'm really, really into the ocean. Like Mm -hmm. at this point in my life, I, I, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I can't not be with the ocean. I would feel really upset and sad if I didn't live near the ocean at this moment in my life, mm-hmm. but what, um, <clears throat> what draws me more than like ocean versus mountain is certain places in the world. Um, yeah. Like there's there, my family comes from an Island off the West coast of Scotland. Mm. And when I go there, that's like, that's probably where the, the land talks to me the most. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've had similar experiences in Iceland and here, the mountains here are very alive spiritually for me, mm-hmm. but, I'm, but my body is not from here. Right. So my mm-hmm. body suddenly like wakes up when I'm in Scotland, specifically on that Island. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question, but it does really look better than I even asked it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think, you know, like I have a friend who grew up on the ocean and it's like, when she's not on the ocean, Mm. it, she, it's, there's like an obvious depletion Mm. coming from her. Right. And I'm that way with mountains. I grew up at the base of Mount Hood. And like, Mm. I just, I had that energetic resonance with a mountain underneath and around my surroundings all the time. Right. And so I feel, and I, obviously I love the ocean, like who doesn't, but it doesn't, I don't need it in the same way that I feel like I like need mountains but like Mm. you said that can also change right like Mm. we can ebb and flow in like what is fueling us energetically yeah and I feel like I'm guessing this is true for you you know the land calls to me and becomes my friend and there's you know that's a whole other topic but then I have a very strong connection with like the land spirits and the ocean spirits and that comes alive in its own way kind of in its own timing um and I don't have control like this land clearly wants me here right now Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason (laughs) 
Um, so I feel very in love with it. And I think it's time with me. We'll move on at some point. Like, yeah. And then I, I think the land of somewhere in Western Oregon will call to me, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if you feel open to sharing, expanding a little bit more on the spirits of the land and like what that, just more about what you mean about that and what it means to you, how that shows up for you. Yeah. I mean, and this of course gets into a realm that's very out there and may or may not resonate for you or other people, but um, I, <clears throat> I see and I experience all different kinds of land beings and ocean beings like and different ones in different parts of the world also so like um you know depending on where i am in the world um i see elves and gnomes and fairies and um like little people mm-hmm. um here in the mountains in Santa Barbara, there are, I, I experience little people um, and and ocean beings. And they, I've had a lot of experiences with, with various ones, especially the ocean beings here. And then some ocean beings in Scotland have, mm, come to me and and like different experiences where they have shown me their medicine if that makes sense mm, yeah um and like shown me the ancient their ancient ways of knowing and being and mm. it feels it's like it's not something I talk about a lot as you can guess because it's first of all it's really out there <laughs> and second of all it feels really sacred and like it like it is meant to be shared through me but I I only want to do it when I feel like it's going to be held respectfully, which I feel like you are. So I'm sharing it. Um, and um, so when I was in my twenties, I so I'm 46 now. When I was in my mid twenties, I went. I graduated from college and I went straight into graduate school and I. Um, studied I got a master's in clinical social work and mm-hmm. I became a psychotherapist specializing in trauma and working with kids and attachment and all that kind of thing but mm-hmm. but then in my late 20s I took off five years and I went to massage school and I you know I learned craniosacral therapy and Reiki and all of that kind of thing and so during that time in my late 20s a lot of <clears throat> these um, like healing abilities or you know, abilities to see spirits mm-hmm. and all that kind of just woke up in me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the experiences I've had with the land spirits and the ocean spirits, it's it's like they're reminding me a way of healing and a way of knowing and a way of being that I think is really natural to a lot of us. And um, definitely is something I've known in many, 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 many existences and many lifetimes um and I one thing that they talk about with me is that again feels really tender and like I 
very careful where I share it. <laughs> it's important. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you, you don't have to, if you don't want to. So, oh no, no, it feels, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking. Um, it's actually, so I've, I've, I'm channeling a series of eight books and the first three mm -hmm. are published and the, those three are called living the one light Gaia speaks and the cosmos speaks and in living the one light and Gaia speaks these beings speak oh okay for sure in light living the one light but i think also in gaius well anyway gaia speaks is definitely related to this um and one of the things that some of the land beings say in living the one light is that um you know we again coming back to that sense of separation that we are mm -hmm. separate from earth there's also the sense that like it's not just humans and other animals and plants that we can physically touch and see with our three-dimensional ways of perceiving that exist here it's also like infinite dimensions that exist as the earth right so mm -hmm. in those infinite dimensions there are these other beings who want to continue to have a relationship with humans want to be in a co-creative collaborative relationship and um and we've forgotten that they exist i mean we talk we we know about them through myths and through fairy tales right yeah <laughs> but the thing is they're actually real <laughs> and um i think our ancestors knew that that's my sense mm. uh in iceland for example i don't know if you know this but so um there are even laws that protect the the places where elves are thought to live really i did not know that that's amazing <laughs> yeah I love so, that. yeah so it's not that everybody in iceland believes in elves that's not yeah. true but there is still there's a much more connected sense to that whole you know quote-unquote fairy tale world yeah. is is much more remembered as real than than here in the united states for example mm -hmm. uh so I, that was a when I went to Iceland. I, that was one of the things that just blew my mind. Like what the, mm. the the highway actually goes around the spot where the elves supposedly live. Like that is really amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and my sense, you know, when I've been in Scotland, is there I see fairies everywhere. I mean, everywhere, everywhere, and and. What is the folklore completely filled with there? Fairies, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Um, here, I don't see fairies. I, It's a different, it's a different kind of set of beings I see here. Um, yeah. So anyway, so back to what I was saying, <laughs> in living the one light, and I think Gaia speaks, but definitely also just in my own experience of these beings, they, they're, they're kind of like waiting. That's my sense. They're waiting for us to be ready to be respectful enough and honoring enough of them to come back into remembering them and then remembering the reciprocal oneness that we have with them. And mm -hmm. that that's really key um, to the coming back to the wholeness of and the healing of our, this planet and who we are and yeah, it yeah. sounds like they're showing up as teachers for you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And friends and mm -hmm. 
yeah, really beautiful. And I've had, I've had actual healing experiences, multiple, mm-hmm. both on myself and with clients. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't told the clients, oh, here yeah. come, you know, the XYZ <laughs> spirits. Now they're working on you. Yeah. Uh, but yes, really, really unexplainable, miraculous things that were not me. It was not mm-hmm. me doing that. And yeah, really interesting. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. I know you mentioned that that can be tender for you. And I know even with some of my own experiences and with many people that I know who are really open and channel, you know, their own variation of things like that, that it can feel like a tricky thing to communicate. And, you know, there's fear of judgment around it or, you know, um, it being too quote unquote woo woo or something. And so I appreciate you being willing to share here. And I, yeah, I mean, I've just had enough experiences with enough people sharing similar things, not necessarily fairies or elves or something, but like on the same realm of this is the unexplainable and also why wouldn't it be happening? You know, why wouldn't we be connected to the spirit world? We are also spirit, just like we are a part of the cosmos, the universe, we are part Mm. of spirit. Mm. Oh, wow. I never, yeah, yes. Yeah. And then it's the willingness to allow that to be true and to allow it to move through you Mm. so I think it's really beautiful and I'm glad that you shared Mm. I appreciate you appreciating it (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that you know we all have different gifts and they show up in so many different ways and often unexpected ways. And I think it would be um, a disservice to judge any form that somebody expresses their connection to the divine. Mm. It's such a sacred and intimate and unique experience for everyone Mm -hmm. you know this isn't totally related but it reminds me of so i'm very interested in past lives and i've read like every book i could get my hands on about about them and there's that book called um the boy who knew too much oh yes yeah like known it a long time ago it's so good. It's so good. And it reminds me a little bit of just that, like that willingness of children where like they don't have the uh, the judgment yet of themselves to to like turn off whatever that natural connection is, right? So yeah. there's there's many books written about kids before the age of six, like 
talking about past lives and things like that. And then once that veil sort of, it, it starts out thin and gets a little thicker and that kind of stops happening. Uh, you know, they, they, they turn the connection off, not intentionally, but it sort of just, you know, happens with appropriation of culture and how we're supposed to be and things we're supposed to talk about and not talk about. And it kind of reminds me of that, like that, that openness of a child and, you know, we, we kind of need to come back to that sometimes come back to that, um, really just allowing your experiences to be what they are and not holding, holding back. And I think, as you mentioned, like, I think it's such a huge part of healing too, is really like allowing that universe to move through us and create that space for healing. Exactly. Now, yes. I also wanted to um, come come back a little bit to, you had mentioned, you know, there's this sense of we are earth and we are not separate. And you specifically mentioned that there's astrologically a lot of support in this. So I'm really curious to hear how you see that showing up astrologically and what you mean by that. Yeah. And um, if I explain this in a way that's too technical, just tell me. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll break it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this whole year of 2023, mm -hmm. um, there are a bunch of things happening uh, in earth signs. And uh, so Mercury, you know, Mercury goes retrograde a few times a year. And this year, every single time it's going retrograde is in an earth sign. Um, so as we're recording this, it's currently retrograde in Taurus. Mm -hmm. And then um, in a couple of weeks, no, in a, yes, in a couple of weeks, um, Jupiter, which expands everything, is entering Taurus. And it will be in Taurus the whole rest of 2023. And it's going to go retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus this fall. So but can um, I ask a question? Yeah. When yeah. you say Jupiter expands everything, what do you mean? By like that? wherever it that's, I mean, that's a simplistic way to talk about Jupiter, yeah. but, but it's a, uh, so when, when Taurus, um, Jupiter enters a sign, it's like, it just kind of, it can highlight that, oh, okay. that energy really strongly. It's like um, amplifies it. Amplifies it. There you go. Yeah. That's, yeah. So when it's entering Taurus, which is happening really soon, Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, it brings this big expansion of mm -hmm. our, our energy around whatever that, that energy happens to be, which in this case will be Taurus and Taurus which is, is a earth grounding sign. Super, yeah. Yeah. Super, super related to earth mm -hmm. and ourselves as earth and ourselves as bodies. Mm. Um, and the fact that our bodies, we are in a body, <laughs> like we're in a physical body. Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and that that's a really beautiful thing that we are and it's a part of our experience here mm -hmm. earth and we're body mm -hmm. and then another astrological thing happening is that um venus is going to go retrograde it's going to go back in the sign of leo 
um, opposing the asteroid Eros. So, and that's happening in July, 2023. Uh, and, and Venus is going to start a new cycle also in Leo in August. So, so, so Venus, what does that mean yeah, for us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Venus in Leo is an energy that's, um, very much about our creative life force energy, uh, like sacred sexuality in a sense. Um, yeah, I was going to say when I, when I hear Venus, I think of love, right? Is that yes. accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she, she actually rules Taurus. So she's also related to the body. She's related to our, our experience of our sensuality, our sexuality, um, beauty, art, like all of the ways of being that aren't necessarily mental or logical, like just that we are, again, we are earth, we are bodies, we are creative life force. Mm -hmm. So another theme that's really strong for me this year is coming into a, a new relationship with sacred sexuality and with the, the creative life force of source. So <clears throat> like, like I won't go into the astrological details of why this is true for me, but bottom line, um, I feel like this time this year, but also just moving forward for the next many decades is a really strong opportunity for us to come back into what, what is the ultimate essence of sexual energy period, right? Like um, what is the real uh what opportunities do, does sexuality actually hold on the ultimate 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 level if we think of sexuality as being really the energy of life force mm -hmm. of the divine um and so there's a lot supporting us to to be held as we maybe address trauma that has been there for us, you know, with regard to sexuality and then to let be able to heal that, let that go. And then come into the, the grounding and the alignment and um, that, that ultimate potential of what we are as beings created from creation, life force itself. So we're made from that sacred sexuality of course and then we we are it and you know when we have those energies moving in our body um whether or not we're actually being sexual is not really the point is that it's like a it's one of the the energies just like like we have cardiovascular system we have a respiratory system we have the meridian system we have you know all those systems of our bodies one of the systems of our bodies is this sexual life force energy system and so i feel like there's like we're really getting the opportunity to, to be held to come back into that reality that that that's one of our natural systems and even if you're like one of what the spirit world says to me is even if you're 95 years old and you may or may not be interested in sex i mean who knows at 95 you might be that's great yeah. <laughs> awesome. and and but that's not the point right um still that even if you're 95 years old you need to have this sexual life force energy system fully online functioning and uh 
moving with life that is you just like you need to be breathing right mm-hmm. like if yeah. you're not breathing then you probably won't be alive <laughs> in this body in this moment yeah uh, so same thing like yeah know. I think it's you know that's like we could have a whole episode on that topic easily yeah. or like a five um <laughs> yes and so I'm like oh there's so much I could say um but I don't want to stray too much but like yeah, I think it's the reason I think it's such an interesting topic too is because I agree with you. It is it is such an essential and beautiful piece of being human that yeah. there is so much. I mean, the word itself just has so much feeling to it, right? To everyone, it means something so different. There's either shame or there's expression or there's joy or there's fear or I mean, it's yeah, it it means so many different things. And I think it's something that can be uncomfortable for people to talk about. And I I really feel maybe it's just in the world that I sort of, you know, tend to connect with, but I feel like it's being talked about more openly. I'm really happy to see that because it, I think especially if we're talking about like feminine and masculine energies, right? Like, see, okay, this is what I'm saying. I could, this, we could totally yeah, yeah, go yeah, off, yeah. but I will, I will round back. I'm, I will, but you know, it's like, we have this, we are a collection of feminine and masculine energies. And this, this all comes back to sexual life force too. This spirals out into every aspect of our lives. So I know you, isn't this part of the symposium you have coming up? You'll be talking about these sorts of things. Yeah. So that's cool. So if anyone wants to jam on this even more, they could join that. That's in June and that's free. It's free. It's, uh, it's completely free. There are 30 free talks, four panel discussions, um, and an, a free online community forum because the, the point of the symposium really is, you know, there's like a bazillion free summits out there and then you yeah. get asked to upgrade to the VIP upgrade for 3777 or something. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's not this. This is, this is really, I would almost call it more like a healing conference. I don't know what the right word is for it, but mm-hmm. it's, it, it's really meant to be a truly healing community space, mm-hmm. like a, co-creative community healing space that's that's my intention with it mm-hmm. I, I held the same symposium last year and 1400 people attended that one um, wow people loved it I had hundreds of people I mean people from 52 different countries 54 52 different countries signed up well the, the ultimate point of it is to hold space for the healing around our relationships to gender sexuality love and life itself mm-hmm. so, the tagline, but, um, uh, but it's really like, you know, there's a lot of work being done in the world where people who identify as women typically will be focused on the reemergence of the feminine, which is mm-hmm. great. I do that work myself. Then there's people who typically identify as men who are doing men's work and healing around the masculine, which again is beautiful and wonderful. I'm really glad that exists. Mm-hmm but I don't see much in the world where the two come together. Mm, yeah. 
also don't see much in the world where the two come together and it's all held in a way that is inclusive of, very conscious of, and celebratory of people of all gender identities, all sexual orientations. So even if we're talking about the masculine and the feminine, you know, and the healing that needs to happen between the two, um, there's also the non-binary and there's the gender fluidity and there's the reality that lots of us sometimes are not in heterosexual relationships. So we, we might be working on this relationship inner, you know, the inner sacred union, it might involve a feminine and a masculine inside ourselves. And that mm -hmm. may or may not manifest in our world in a heterosexual relationship. And it might also, right. So it's like, so the way I'm trying to hold it is that there's no one way to have this conversation. And it, mm -hmm. it's really important to me that the conversations be held in a way that gives space for everybody's experience around this healing again no matter how you identify in terms of gender how you identify in terms of sexual orientation the symposium itself is a month long and there's <clears throat> it's broken into four weeks the first week is focused on the divine feminine the second week is focused on the divine masculine the third week is focused on the divine person which mm -hmm. there's conversations in there around the you know non-binary gender fluidity and transgender there's a certain focus around transgender and queer identified youth. My 16 year old is transgender and queer identified. And so that's really important to me. And then the fourth week is called bringing us back to wholeness, rebecoming the one. And so that, that week is where there's conversations around. Okay. So how do we, how do we do this together? You know, how do we, instead of the, the quote unquote women being over there and the quote unquote men being over there and then us getting mad at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like how do we, how do we actually do, cause we all have the same goal, I think, which is to heal and come back to that same balance of ourselves as earth, right. And ourselves as cosmos, it's all the same thing. And so actually there are a lot of conversations in the free talks about the connection between our relationship with the earth and our relationship between the genders and, in ourselves because again it's re-becoming the one and <laughs> so, so there's just a lot of parallels to the whole our relationship to the earth and our relationships with each other of course are they're they're one in the same in a sense mm -hmm. yeah and then there are optional uh paid workshops also um uh but but it's meant to be a free community space for healing and i would love to have anybody and everybody join for free. Thanks for sharing a little bit more about that. I can, I can definitely hear how much work and effort has gone into organizing something like that. Mm -hmm. That sounds huge, especially a month long event. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's a lot of different conversations that will be happening. Yeah. Really beautiful. Deeply changing me actually already. Yeah. But that's what happened last year it was I, I, I changed drastically and same thing this year is more, actually, I would say even more intense. What was, was the topic different last year? No, it was the same topic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think. So it, it sounds like too, like it all, it comes back to the same foundational theme of we are earth. Like no matter yeah. how you're 
discussing it and what lens you're discussing it through, it's the same foundational truth. Exactly. The coming back to the wholeness that is us, that, you know, kind of letting go of the illusion of the separation and and doing whatever healing work. It's not necessarily like you can't just like snap. I don't, maybe you can't, I shouldn't say you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it, for me, it doesn't tend to work that I can snap my fingers and I just instantly, you know, re-become the one with earth and cosmos and every human and every animal and every planet, plant anywhere. Um, I think there's a lot of patterning and karma, karmic stuff and hurt, hurt that needs to be addressed pain that needs to be addressed trauma um yeah i think it takes some unconditioning and some willingness to let go of resistance yeah exactly well thank you so much martha really thank appreciate you. this conversation and everything that you shared mm, i really appreciate your listening and your questions and mm. what you're doing in the world too I don't use supplements all that much, but when I do, I'm very specific about which ones I use. I recently got interested in functional mushrooms and I started researching companies. I came across real mushrooms and decided I really liked their ethics and the cleanliness of the product. So go to realmushrooms.com and enter code wilderness W-I-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S -S, to get 10% off of your order. <laughs>